0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
1: I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you.
0: Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist.
1: I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show.
0: The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every
1: week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life it happens in sports and i think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively
0: this is where sports talk gets real
1: that word playing it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids
2: i wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community i listen to your show every week thank you for what you do for our community for all the parents coaches and athletes
0: and now here's your host Rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
1: Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810, WHB in Kansas City. It's great to be back at 7 o'clock. After a couple years at 6, we've moved our show back to 7 a.m. here in Kansas City. Our shows are broadcast, rebroadcast throughout the country at a number of stations and podcasted everywhere, and I love doing this show. Especially at 7 instead of 6. So we're wide awake and ready to go. My producer, Blake Schneider, is awake. He's not sleeping in the control room. That's a good sign. Right, Blake? You're up. Up and at him, baby. Yeah. Here we are back at our old old time, our new time, and hopefully our permanent time, 7 a.m. And as you know, I've been doing this show for a long time. Been here for 20 years, the last 31 years on radio here in Kansas City. Love doing this show because it's about you. It's about sports. It's about life. It's about people. And the world of sports psychology has grown since I started working in 1981 tremendously. When I graduated from the California School of Professional Psychology, there basically were no sports psychologists in this country. And now sports psychology is a hot topic. Mental health and sports is a hot topic. I've talked about it on this show forever. And forever, people were were poo-pooing and saying, come on, doc, athletes, you know, they don't need counseling. They don't need mental health, they're, they're superior people. Well, guess what? Athletes are people. They have issues just like all of us. And tragically, this past week, there was another just, just terrible story where Stanford's goalie, women's goalie, Katie Meyer committed suicide. Their star goalie helped them win an NCAA title. Her friends described her as a larger-than-life team player in all her pursuits from choosing an academic discipline she said, changed my perspective on the world and the very important challenges that we need to work together to overcome to the passion she brought to the Cardinal women's soccer program and to women's sports in general. There are no words to express the emptiness that we feel at this moment. We're reaching out to all of your community because the impact is on all of us. She captained the Cardinal team, made two crucial saves and penalties to beat North Carolina, helped Stanford capture the 2019 College Women's NCAA Championship. Another story, a tragic story of, of an athlete taking their life, it's happened too often, of athletes being harmed, and specifically female athletes. And today we're going to be talking with a young lady whom I've met the last couple of years who is pursuing a, a doctorate in sports psychology, she has a master's in sports psychology, her name's Shelby Schnorr, she's up in Minneapolis area, and she's agreed to join us this morning and talk with us today. We're going to talk about women's sports. And let's face it, half the sports out there are played by women. But are women recognized? Are they dealt with appropriately? Are they handled right? And what are the issues women have to deal with? We've seen in this past year how mental health and sports has become more of a topic than ever before. We've seen where female athletes have come forward bravely starting with Naomi Osaka at the French Open, Simone Biles at the Olympics, talking about the fact there are issues they've gotta deal with. And so Shelby's gonna join us now and talk about this with us. So Shelby, good morning, how are you today?
2: Hi, good morning, Dr. Jacobs, I'm great, how are you?
1: Great, great to have you on the show. And you know, you and I've met, talked the last couple of years as you've been pursuing your master's in sports psychology, you're a mental coach and you work a lot with female athletes. So let's just get right to it here. Uh, What do you, you know, we don't know obviously with with Katie Meyer why she committed suicide. It's a a tragic, tragic thing. But the pressures on athletes, especially women today, are talked about more. We see it more. What do you think the big
2: issues are for female athletes? Yeah. um, Right. With Katie Meyer, it's a very sad story. So condolences to her, her family and friends and everybody on the Stanford women's soccer team. Um, And we don't know specifically what's going on with her, but I think female athletes do see uh, increased pressure compared to uh, male athletes. I think mainly due to sexism in um, sports and also just some um, biological and psychological differences. Um, We see that female athletes are at greater risk for anxiety and depression than male athletes and the general public. Um, They are at increased risk of eating disorders, and also um, negative effects of social media can be really devastating today.
1: Let me hit you right there on social media. Um, Obviously, social media has tremendous benefits for so many people, but to me, it also has a lot of negatives. And I know all the professional athletes that I work with during their season, I emphasize to them, get off social media. And my rationale for that is what benefit do they get if they screw up in a game and they get, you know, hundreds or thousands of tweets or comments about how, how terrible they are versus, you know, if they kick a game-winning field goal or strike out the guy at the end of the game or make a great save, how they're the most awesome person in the world? What What's the benefit of that?
2: I, I agree with that. I think that um, for athletes, it can be distracting, and it is a direct connection from the general public to them and so there are a lot of trolls on the internet no matter who you are um, that are willing to say uh, very negative things if they can Um, and even if you do well as an athlete i think sometimes there's just trolls who are going to troll you no matter what and um, that can um, you know break a sense of confidence especially in female athletes who um, are do see more harassment than male athletes studies show and, um, you know, in a, in a world that already kind of questions their right to be there, that can be um, even more uh, impactful.
1: So mental toughness is a topic, Shelby, I've talked about on the show forever. And, you know, I talk about the difference between mental toughness and mental abuse. And too often what we end up seeing, especially for female athletes, is mental abuse. Derogatory comments made towards them about their physical appearance, their bodies, their, their faces, how they come across. What can an, a female athlete do to handle this and, and work with this in a, in a constructive way to not let it destroy their, their, themselves mentally?
2: Yeah, um, good question. I mean, I think one thing is to, as you said, uh, kind of take yourself off of social media during the season to um, maintain focus on um, the sport. Also, seeing sports psychologists um, uh, confining in friends. I think a support system is really Helpful. We see that is really helpful for um, women, uh, female athletes, to feel that they are supported by other um, females and other athletes um, in their sports.
1: This past year, we've seen, especially at the Professional Women's Soccer League here in this country, I think it's almost a half dozen, close to a half dozen of the coaches were fired or let go, several because of sexual innuendos and things that they, they had said or, or acted towards players. I don't think there's any reason a male can't coach a woman and a woman can't coach a man, but there have to be boundaries set, correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, and we've talked about this before too, that um, it would be nice to see this kind of more um, uh, women coaching men and men coaching women without this feeling of this, uh, I guess, sex or biological sexual differences. And um, But I, we do see that there are increased with. Uh, female athletes and youth athletes, that there is an increased uh, risk of uh, physical abuse, uh, sexual abuse, verbal uh, verbal abuse, and um, there definitely has to be boundaries set between um, athletes and coaches that I, I think, you know, bringing up the U.S. women's soccer and then also USA gymn- Gymnastics and USA Swimming, there has been a lot of um, Uh, Coverage on the abuse that happens.
1: Right, Right. With both of those, we got to go to our first break. Here, joining me this morning is Shelby Schnorr. She's a sports psychology consultant in Minneapolis. We're talking about women in sports. What are some of the issues women have as athletes, as coaches? Give me a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports
1: Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from a flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about the metal side of sports, and today's topic is women in sports, and joining me is sports psychology consultant Shelby Snore from Minneapolis area. She's been kind enough to join us this morning, and we're talking about female athletes, women in sports, and we'd love to hear from you. If you are a, a young lady who plays sports, we'd love to hear from you about maybe some of the issues you've had to deal with if you're a parent of a young lady who has played sports, I don't care what the sport is, what the activity is for that matter, and you've had to deal with maybe sexism, you've had to deal with unfair biases because you have a daughter playing. How do you handle that as a parent? So Shelby, let's let's get into this. What, what are, from your perspective, what are the key issues that women have in sports from where you're at with, with your knowledge?
2: Yeah, when I talk to my young female athletes, I think they feel that they have a lack of support and a lack of encouragement, and um, a lot of times that when they go to their coaches um, with issues they may be facing, they they don't feel heard. And um, we see that kind of mirrored or um, stated by some of these famous athletes, too, that Um, A lot of times that, you know, coaches don't listen to them, that they've learned to kind of question what they know and their own experiences in sports and um, just that they have to fight to um, feel worthy in the field.
1: Why, why, Why is that from your perspective as a woman? okay, why is that?
2: I think um, it has to do with sports being historically a very masculine field and, you know, for a long time, women weren't even allowed to play sports because it was even too strenuous and unladylike. So, um, you know, when Title IX was passed back in 1972, um, it was legislation that said that uh, schools had to treat basically uh, boy and girl athletes or um, female and male athletes the same and... um, have as much money and time go into uh both and so we've seen participation grow um remarkably since then so like a lot of progress has been made but i think um it's still considered a very like masculine dominated field and um, you know, in the media, I think that uh, female athletes are just kind of portrayed as lesser and they just don't get as much attention as male athletes.
1: Well, we're seeing a lot of change with that, especially you know, yes. professional women's soccer has come to the forefront with a lot of that in terms of equality, getting paid equally, even though they're still not getting paid equally. That's happening. We're seeing uh, the, the women's pro tennis tour and a lot of the tournaments now get the same uh, money paid in, in both tours. Uh, men's and women's tours in, in some of the tournaments so what do you see okay let, let's go back to the USA Gymnastics tragedy with Larry Nasser and the whole situation there young girls were abused by this this man I mean he's he's a sick man and yet over a hundred and I had one of the first ones who was abused by him on my show last year why do you think these situations have happened and it would happen so often is that fear of speaking up is if and, and I'm sure I, I can't imagine after all those young young girls that there weren't some who had some parents who may have had some awareness of this but they didn't want to jeopardize their daughter's career as a gymnast
2: yeah I mean actually over 500 um, young women have come forward to say that they were sexually abused by Larry Nassar and I and I do think it is um, somewhat a fear. But like, with him, we do see that there was uh, several women, many women who came forward or girls that like, came forward and um, uh, reported him to uh, other authority figures. And a lot of times um, they just weren't listened to. They were told that, you know, he's a doctor and it's a medical procedure and they just don't understand. And I think when we see it with gymnastics and other, um, you know, more quote unquote feminine uh, uh, sports, uh, we see really young girls get involved at very high levels. And when they are children, um, they just uh, can be easy, easily manipulated and exploited. And they're really taught to question uh, what they know about their experience. And so um, they they all thought they, you know, one of the hard things for uh, the uh, uh, abuse victims and survivors of Larry Nasser to come to terms with was that, like, it wasn't a medical procedure and that they had trusted uh, Larry Nasser as a doctor and as a, as a confidant um, to, to do this medical procedure on, on them when it was really just sexual abuse and he was taking advantage of them.
1: So in the world of sports, uh, you know, it, let's face it, uh, with social media, as I mentioned earlier, um, everything's exposed now, what you're doing, who you are, where you live, all these types of things. And the whole issue of, of toughness versus abuse becomes, as I mentioned earlier, becomes such a prominent topic, I think, for so many athletes, not just women, but men, everybody. All right. So as someone who works with athletes, what would you say if, if you had a, a female athlete, say a collegiate athlete, come into your office and start talking to you and start bringing this stuff up? How would you help them get through that?
2: Um. That's a good question. I mean, I think you're right when you said before that, um, you know, sometimes feeling like coming forward and reporting it um, might be at a detriment to their career. So I, I do think there's this this line that gets blurred between, um, you know, uh, just coaching and abuse. But really, um, you know, reporting when it is um, very abusive and also, like I said, um, focusing on um, what they can control, what they can focus on, the positives, and also the support system that they have in other athletes around them.
1: Well, this, this then affects their self-esteem, their self-confidence, who they, how they feel about themselves. So what would you say to someone who comes in and brings forward that they've had a, a coach be verbally abused? Let, let's start with verbal abuse. Okay, They've had a coach verbally abusing them. Uh, saying derogatory comments, maybe some in, in, sexual windows are thrown in there. How, what would you advise them to do? How would you help them get through that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if it's verbal abuse, that um, and sexual harassment, I definitely think that needs to be reported and just support them to um, acknowledge their experience. I think a lot of L- them, excuse
1: me, let me interrupt you. If report when you say reported. Who to report it to?
2: Um, reported to an official above uh, above them, some type of. Um, Like a sports official in their school, or it depends on where they play, but in their school, um, or just a trusted adult if they are children. Um, So I, and I think that it's important to do that because a lot of times we question, um, oh, are they really victims? Are they um, blowing things out of control? But if somebody feels, um, you know, uh, that they have been um, you know, demeaned by a coach that that's not okay. So we have to support the, that feeling of um, being wronged, um, but also you know help them get through that too.
1: Well, Safe Sport exists, and people I know I, as a psychologist with the Olympic uh, Sports Psychology Registry, I have to participate in Safe Safe Sport. Uh, you know, treat or go through their training and make sure you know that in terms of what I do. Uh, that you have to work through these rules as well as anyone involved with the USA Olympic team. So that, that goes for coaches as well. So this is something that needs to be done. We come back from this break. I want to get into self-esteem for female athletes, how we can help them work through some of the issues they have and what you feel they are. I'm talking to Shelby Schnorr. She's a sports psychology consultant. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. If you enjoy listening to Dr. Andrew Jacobs and the Sports Psychology Hour on this radio station every weekend, you can now support him on Patreon. Just visit patreon.com slash sports psychology hour. That's patreon.com slash sports psychology hour. You can help Dr. Jacobs as he works to bring listeners success in sports and life and get access to ad-free content and exclusive Patreon-only episodes. Just visit patreon.com slash sports psychology hour. That's patreon.com slash sports psychology hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
1: Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week discussing the mental side of sports, and I'm talking today with sports psychology consultant Shelby Schnorr. She is in the Minneapolis area, and we're talking about female athletes, women in sports, Having a really interesting interview with Shelby about this. And so, Shelby, let's talk about self-esteem and a female athlete. Because let's face it, self-esteem is an issue for everybody, male or female, it doesn't matter. But especially for women playing sports, it becomes a prominent topic. And and, and almost every female athlete I work with at the collegiate level or professional level, this topic comes up and it's something that we, we discuss in detail about how they feel about themselves, about body images, about all kinds of things. So if, if you're, you have a athlete come in and starts talking about self-esteem, how would you try to help them work through that? What would you say to them, and, what, and how would you encourage them to deal with their issues?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing to do is to focus on what they do well, um, you know, what in their sport uh, is going well for them. Also, setting goals can be a good way to improve Self-esteem because they they can see themselves move towards something that they want to achieve. Uh, skill improvement um, as a goal would be a good way to help improve uh, self-esteem. And um, you know, embracing um, mistakes and failure sometimes that can be detrimental to to self-esteem. So um, learning how to lose can be helpful as well.
1: The word fear comes to my mind as I'm listening to you talk, and, and for so many people, fear of speaking up. Fear of saying anything, because it'll jeopardize their playing time, could jeopardize being on a team. How do you get a young lady to overcome that and work through that? Because I've had so many athletes come in. uh, I'll give you an example. Years ago, I had a young gymnast in my office who suffered an injury at a, a national sports festival event. This is back in the late 80s. And she came back to the Kansas City area and went to her gym, and her coach didn't believe her, said she was faking it, and really ridiculed her, which led to her father start bringing her into my office, start working on this, and I had no idea who this coach was. Finally, they after several times, they finally got him to come into a session, and he just basically lied out of his teeth to me, about, oh, no, everything's fine. Went back to the gym that night, and ridiculed her, and, and said, if you ever go back and see that, that guy, you're out of the gym. She then left, and moved, and is actually... Written up, there's a book called Little Girls in Pretty Boxes by uh, an author named Joan Ryan where it talked about this incident. So, uh, you know, she left this gym because she said I'd had enough. The parents said they'd had enough. So the fear of speaking up, fear of reporting a verbal or sexual abuse for a female athlete is, is, is obviously a major issue. And we've seen now several athletes coming out. At, you know, Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka last year weren't talking about a, you know, sexual abuse, but they were talking about mental health. And mm-hmm. the fact that they had the guts to come out and say, hey, look, I've got an issue. I mean, Simone Biles in the Olympics. I'm not gonna, you know, do the vault. I've got the twisties, I don't feel right. It, it's gonna, I, you know. And she got ridiculed all over the place. There's there's some guy who has a podcast show who called her a sociopath. I mean, which is absurd. Um, this young lady didn't want to break her neck if she's at you know you're doing the vault at the level she's at you could break your neck and so fear speaking up is such a major topic so how would you work through somebody with that
2: yeah i mean i think that's such a sad story that the gymnast that came to um see you and um was ridiculed by the the coach but i think it's a um it's a very common one. Um, I think she did the right thing with leaving and trying to find a coach that works um, well with her and isn't abusive. I mean, I think that's one of the best things that um, a child can do at that level is um, work with people that that they feel comfortable with and will listen to them. Um, but so let, me, let me
1: let me interrupt you here, though. But here here's one of the things that comes up that I've heard this many times. Yeah, but you know this coach gets gets athletes to get to the, the collegiate level they get to play in college or they get to move on or the olympic level so you know i'm i'm sort of willing to put up with it because there's the chance i could you know get, you know get a scholarship or i could move on or maybe make the olympic team professional team so how do you balance that out as as a, as a woman yeah
2: i'm i mean I, I don't know if i really have the answer for that because i think we see that when that's the case that it's usually um, giving up kind of their voice um, and being abused for the possibility of um, medals and uh, success. And that to me can feel like a little bit like exploitation of child athletes and, um, you know, trading off a, a positive for a negative. If, if that's, um, you know, a person's goal, um, is it really that like worthwhile to go for that goal if if the abuse if they're getting abused in the meantime. How would you? I'm not quite sure.
1: Well, from your perspective as a woman, how would you define abuse for an athlete? What 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 would verbal or we obviously know what physical abuse is, but what would verbal abuse be from your perspective?
2: I mean, anything that is um, belittling, demeaning, derogatory that makes the athlete feel um, less worthy um, in a way that can be embarrassing in front of other athletes as well. I mean, I think everybody has the right to define for themselves what they feel is abusive. Um, I don't know if there's definitely a a definition for verbal abuse specifically, except that something that um, makes a person feel uh, lesser.
1: Well, and that's where this whole issue of mental toughness comes in, because a lot of of coaches feel in order to build up their confidence, they've got to attack their athlete's self-esteem, male or female, doesn't matter there, but for a woman being attacked by a male, a male coach, in terms of maybe some motivational ways that could be borderline abusive, what do they need to do? See, that's why I think as, as an athlete, and I don't care if you're male or female here, if, if you don't like the way a coach is coaching you, you need to speak up. And if you feel they've gone over the line in terms of trying to motivate, and let's not talk, we're not talking about sexual abuse, we're just talking about verbal abuse. If you have a coach who goes over the line in terms of trying to push you, but you don't appreciate that, I encourage I, – I, I have a piece of paper in my office, and I have three words on it, passive, assertive, and aggressive. And I always ask the athletes I'm working with, where are you on this line? If you're passive, you're afraid to speak up, say anything, You're, you're, you're there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fear there. If you're aggressive, there's basically nothing that gets in the way of speaking up. And if you're assertive, you stand up for yourself. And – I would say some, you need to be on the aggressive side of assertive in terms of speaking up about how you feel about things. But a lot of people are scared to do that because they're scared if they do that, they're going to lose their spot in the team. They're going to lose playing time. They could be kicked off.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think too, um, in, in society, we teach women to be, you know, more submissive and, uh, not speak up. So I think there's, that kind of social aspect to it as well that makes it a little more difficult for female athletes to speak up, especially, I think, when um, dealing with male coaches, um, because we are taught to be submissive to um, men in, in uh, you know, underlying social way. And um, I, I think that that can be um, part of the uh, complex issue uh, with uh, female athletes coming forward.
1: The past year, especially, we've seen so many professional women soccer players speaking up, standing up for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of a variety of issues. What does that say to young female athletes, in terms of looking at them as role models and someone that they can admire and maybe use as as a guidance for them to speak up in terms of situations like this?
2: I think it's a huge. I think that's a huge thing for young female athletes. In fact, when I was talking to a lot of my um, uh, young female athletes in pre- preparation for today, um, a lot of them brought that up as a, 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 a showcase of um, what they aspire to be and the fact that uh, women in sports are moving forward.
1: Well, I think that's something that needs to happen more so, and as we co- come, go to our break here, come back for our last segment, I want to get into when you work with an athlete, when it comes to self-confidence, how you build that up, because I always talk about preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence as the keys to success. And confidence is the foundation of all of it, how you feel about yourself. But confidence is such a shaky issue. It's so easy for so many people to lose their confidence by something that's said to them or something that's insinuated by a coach or a teammate or whatever. So I want to get into that with you in our last segment. I'm talking with sports psychologist Shelby Schnorr. She works in the Minneapolis area. We're talking about female athletes women in sports I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs this is the sports psychology hour
0: This is the sports psychology hour This is the sports psychology hour
1: Good morning everyone I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs this is the sports psychology hour from our flagship station Sports Radio 810 WHP in Kansas City I'm here every week At our new time, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock Central Time, and today I'm having a great interview with Shelby Schnorr. She's a sports psychology consultant in the Minneapolis area, and we're talking about women in sports specifically. And so, Shelby, let's let's get into this topic in our last segment here. Self-esteem is an issue for everybody, obviously. We all have issues with it at some point in our lives. But for a female athlete who comes into your office to talk about self-esteem issues, what would you say to them? How would you help them work through it? And then I'll jump in and, and add my comments to that as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, self esteem and why uh, somebody might be having low self esteem can be different for everyone. But I think um, learning from um, where they think that they are failing, um, using failure as some type of positive motivator, looking at the bigger picture, connecting um, them back to their sport, why they started, um, what they like about their sport, um, and uh, you know, try to get them to have fun with it again. I think a lot of times having fun with the sport and enjoying it can, can increase that feeling of confidence.
1: Oh, fun. Yeah, there, there, there's that, that word, fun. <laughs> I just talked to a pro athlete the other day, And I said to her, she was playing in a a soccer game and we talked before. She goes, give me some some word of advice. I said, let me ask you something. When you were a young girl and you played sports, why would you play? She goes, to have fun. And I said, I don't have any more to say to you today. That's it. And she went out and she said one of the best games she ever had that night because she had fun again. She wasn't worrying about how she played, what people thought. She just focused on having fun. When, you, when I have someone who comes in with a self-esteem issue, I try to look at why. What's the issues? I have people write out a bunch of lists for me. Their goals, strengths, weaknesses, fears, distractions, and stressors. And when we talk about self-esteem as an athlete, oftentimes what I seem to find is it starts with a derogatory comment that was made to them by a teammate, by a parent, by a coach, by an opponent. And then that gets emphasized and pointed out, and especially by coaches. I found, I, I have a saying, Shelby a, a great coach is, is a great, is a sports psychologist. A bad coach needs a sports psychologist. And what I found is that so many young athletes, especially, and I've talked about it on the show for years, have been verbally abused, and then that carries over with them forever. A derogatory comment, they'll get yelled at, insulted. Uh, I had a young girl a couple years ago as an eighth grader as a softball player who was the best player on the team, went two for two, and then in the sixth inning ends up making an error at first base. The coach pulls her out of the lineup, sticks her at the end of the bench and just glared at her, kicked the bucket he was sitting on, and just glared at her. And she's crying, said nothing to her. The parents went up to him after the game and had some words with him. He had some words with them, and she had one more game. She came to the game, and the coach didn't even play her. And that, which resulted in them coming in to see me, and she ended up quitting that team, but she's moved on and and learned a lot from that. But here's the bottom line: self-esteem, you know, it all takes is a couple negative comments, and boom, there it goes. So as a as a female playing sports, when you have a coach insulting you, degrading you like that, how do you work through
2: it? Yeah, I mean what they say is it takes 12 positive comments to overcome that negative one. Um, and I, and I do think it does come back to, like you said, like focusing on um, strengths, uh, stresses, like things that they can control. What are their processes to improve? Um, I think, you know, if a coach is being derogatory, um, you know, and the athlete wants to stay on the team um, working through how to, um, you know, succeed with without um, putting too much emphasis on what the coach is saying to them is important.
1: Is there a, a, a such a large fear of speaking up mm-hmm. that it it just restricts young people from from saying anything or their parents? Because if I speak up, we could lose our spot in the team. They may not get to play in the team.
2: And I think too, I was talking to one of my. Um, athletes who was on a volleyball team and she was being bullied and she went to the varsity coaches, which were, who are men. And, um, they were just kind of like, oh, you know, we can't really control what happens in the locker room. We, we don't really have, uh, any way to deal with your, your bullying issue, even though there's zero tolerance for bullying on her team. And so, even when they do speak up, sometimes I think they feel like they don't have the voice, or that nobody cares about them. Um,
1: Then is that is that? Let me ask you. Then is that a team you should be on? I mean, is that? Yeah,
2: no i I don't. I mean, I do not think so. I think that finding a team that supports you is very important. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Well, sometimes there may not be another option. That's the only team around. I mean, for some people in smaller communities, that's the only team you can be on. So that's where, to me, whether you're male or female, but especially with women, you need to have a strong support system with your parents. Yeah. You need to be able to speak up when you need to and not be afraid to say how you feel. Because if you do, then what happens?
2: If you Yeah, if you do, what happens in terms of um, – you know, do they lose their spot? Do they end up not playing? I mean, this athlete herself, she ended up, you know, when she talked to her coaches, they, they continued to play her, obviously, and they didn't say anything to her bullies. And then the bullies kept the the ball away from her. She didn't get to set. She's a middle, and she didn't get to set the ball. Um, and that was noticeable by the audience. So either way, you're you're going to have a, a bad experience. Um, and so – You know, I think for her, it might not be um, worthwhile because she told me that she's just not having any fun anymore, that it it just feels like too much pressure at this point. And, um, you know, you don't want to encourage someone to quit, but you also want to protect their mental health and their well-being.
1: So as we wrap things up today, this has been a great interview and talking about this because you're dealing with this in, in, in the work you do. When you have a young family come in with, with, say, daughters who've had maybe some issues with coaches, with teammates, being verbally abusive with them, what do you say to them? What do you say to the parents? What do you say to the athlete in terms of self-esteem and standing up for themselves?
2: Um, I think that standing up for themselves is a big part of helping that uh, self-esteem. I always encourage them to tell the coach um, to express themselves, to express themselves in um, you know healthy ways to anybody who may be bullying them, or um, you know if it, the coach is making a derogatory comment, like you said, it's important for them to maybe on um, you know not in practice, but maybe on um, uh, office hours or something like that, go to the coach and tell them that they don't appreciate it. Um, I think that can give them, that can be empowering for them.
1: Well, I think that's where the whole combination of of the athlete, the parents, and the coach. I I, I talk about that triangle, parent, coach, athlete, triangle, working together. And I think a a good coach takes the time to get to understand their athletes, why they're on the team, what they want to accomplish, what their goals are, what their fears are, and take some time to talk to them. One of the things, especially in the past year with with COVID and all the issues, the last two years, I should say, with COVID and everything that's gone on, I've emphasized that coaches take a mental health break once in a while, maybe every few weeks, where they sit down instead of having practice and go through drills and all those types of things, they sit down with their athletes and just talk. Talk about how they're doing, how they're feeling, how they're handling things. What's your perspective on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that is a great way to work with athletes. Like, as um, you know, as coaches, it can be a difficult job. They want to help athletes improve. They want to, um, you know... Uh, bring success to the team, and um, sometimes they don't know how to do that in a healthy way. So sitting down with athletes and really listening to them where they're at, where their um, mindset's at can be a great way to, um, you know, improve uh, the feelings on the team.
1: With our last few seconds here on the show, what would you say to young female athletes in terms of standing up for themselves, voicing their opinions, no matter what, as, as a sports psychologist, psychology consultant, how would you encourage them to do that?
2: I think I would just say that um, know that you have every right to um, be an athlete, to play sports, um, and that your voice does matter and people do care. And if there's not somebody out there, if you tell someone and they don't listen to you find someone else and keep, keep telling people until you find someone. I know it's unfortunate if someone doesn't listen to you right away, but it is important to get your feelings heard, um, she- and that can help you feel more powerful.
1: Shelby, it's been great talking to you this morning. If people like to get a hold of you, how can they reach you?
2: They can find me on social media, um, at, on Twitter, it's Shelby J. Schnorr. And on uh, Instagram, it's uh, at Shelby Schnorr.
1: Listen, you've been great. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Hopefully, a lot of people are going to get some some very positive vibes from you from this. And I, I really appreciate your comments this morning. Thank you so much.
2: Awesome. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. You can get a hold of me several ways. Our shows are podcasted everywhere. Go to my website, WinnersUnlimited.com. You can see it there. You can reach me at eight one six five six one five 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 six and my emails DRJ at Have a great week. Let's get ready for basketball. Take care.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. If you enjoy listening to Dr. Andrew Jacobs and the Sports Psychology Hour on this radio station every weekend, you can now support him on Patreon. Just visit patreon.com slash sports psychology hour. That's patreon.com slash sports psychology hour. You can help Dr. Jacobs as he works to bring listener success in sports and life and get access to ad-free content and exclusive Patreon-only episodes. Just visit patreon.com slash sports psychology hour. That's patreon.com slash sports psychology hour.